Ah, what's up, man? Hey. So here's an idea. Yes. Uh, that I came up with um, when I was talking about, um, I was defending Lost to some to, to some people who were saying Lost sucks, and I was like, no, Lost was great, although it sort of they didn't know what to do with the end, and so it kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. But for the most, it was great TV for for a long time, and I sort of came to the realization because part of the thing was. A great thing about Lost was that all this shit was yeah there, there was crazy miraculous shit, but it really felt like it was chaos. It really felt like there was magic stuff happening, but there wasn't. It was not like designed, designed, and then at the end, oh, it was all good versus evil. And I was like, eh, that doesn't that doesn't follow from what we saw right. in the show. It could have been this like forgotten crazy, yeah. yeah. Island of Monroe, right? Well, so I came to the realization that what if it? What if that's the case? What if, what if the island from Lost is Fantasy Island? I don't know enough about Fantasy Island, but you know the basic premise, right? There's mm, I don't know if I do. Okay, so there, there's an, there's an island somewhere that uh, that people can go to to have their fantasies played out and get the truth told to them. You okay. Know, and, and it's expressed as, 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 you know, a drama and about these words, but, but it's, it's a, you know, it's a magical Island where these things can take place. Sure. Uh, so what if that kind of place actually existed? Some kind of magical Island on right. the earth. What take that as your, as your premise and extend some of the real world into that and see what would happen. Well, it might get like at first, you know, taken over by the military, but keep moving around so they can't really play around with it. And then some scientific organization discovers okay, it right. and tries to play around with it, but they can't really handle it. Uh, and then the, the natives start to go restless and, and conquer it. And then, so you have this magic Island that, that can right. do all this stuff, but it's, you know, it, it, it's magic. It's, it's, it's chaos. It's chaotic. Uh, it's a sword with no hilt. Uh, and then this plane happens to fly over it. Mm-hmm. And what happens then? And I think if you take it from that angle, it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I hear what you're saying. Um. What what if Fantasy Island doesn't have Ricardo Montalban and Tonto on it? It's 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 a crazy island where where weird right. shit happens and yeah. people crash land on it. What happens then? Right. What the, what is going on on that? Crazy They're almost way? like stuck in a yeah. nightmare, right? Yeah. Daydream slash nightmare, depending on on the angle, and uh, yeah, it would have been maybe it would have been more. The crowd would have hated it, right? But if it just ended like. Yeah, there there is no meaning. Yeah, you know, you fell into a, a crazy machine. This is uh, this is magic. I mean, one of the things I like about Game of Thrones is is when they do magic, but they present ma- the, the sword with no hilt. That line comes from from Game of Thrones. Okay, that, that magic is a sword with no hilt. You can't control it. It's magic. Um, so there is stuff that we don't understand and stuff that, you know, the the scientists are trying to control and they got some control over it, but they were not really able to do, to do the kind of influence Mm -hmm. they were. And yeah, if it just, if there were still mysteries about the island, even when they left and got back, then I think it would have, it would have been more pleasing than that it was all good versus evil and 
then the sideways things was just when them when they were dead as opposed to a slightly altered reality where something mm-hmm. different happened in the past which was a more would have been a more interesting way to go right but they didn't they didn't know the time they were doing something very new and they didn't know at the time that that they had to they had to really stick the landing for the show to get a lot of respect i well you might remember the story when lost premiered there was a reality show prior to lost called lost mm-hmm. and it was a reality show where they would take the people they'd blindfold them they'd fly them to some place in the earth on on earth and the goal was get back to the statue of liberty right and i really like the premise right so they blindfold them they dropped them off in outer mongolia and they had that you know they were on the sand trans-siberian railroad trying to get you know to to europe to fly back mm-hmm. and and lots of, and so I tune into Lost this what I thought was season two of Lost and it was the premiere and plane crashing guy in the jungle I'm like what the fuck is this I turned it off <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like have you seen like I think it was on the reruns we started watching Lost right or you 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 had heard about yeah. it and so like I'm like oh yeah I, no, w- I watched it from the beginning but okay. I, I I don't yeah I don't think you did and I convinced you to start watching yeah. like Mr. Robot sort yeah. Of, yeah. But yeah, it was like I watched it on the reruns that summer, and yeah, it's like oh my god, I could have caught it from minute one, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, this isn't the show I wanted to watch." <laughs> but it was the show you needed. It was the show I needed. Yes, uh, it was great TV. It was really well done television. Uh, as as much as as the ending put people off, and now that you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I, I, I understand why. And I understand, you know, that I was kind of defending it when it came out, but I was, I was so like, I, I, I was, I was defending it too strongly for what it was, with the benefit of hindsight I see now, and I see that it has its problems, uh, the last season in particular, but it was still really well done television for much of its run. And some of the episodes were like some of the best hours of TV. Oh ever. yeah, the constant is a great example. The, the I still think that the one of the best sequences I've ever seen on television or in any media period is the beginning to season two. That oh, my God. <laughs> we watched it together, yeah, right? Yeah. And we watched the uh, AE segment. Uh-huh. And we're like, fuck, start over. Let's watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> that Mama Cass song. Oh, such. Every, yeah. Oh, oh, it was together, so, so good. good. And then, you know, and you're like, what is this? What is this? And then... It zooms up and you see Jack and and Locke looking down like holy shit! It all yeah. it all comes together. It was great. Yeah, no, that's the kind of thing like you know Chris Hardwick does the Talking Dead. Mm-hmm. Eh, but you know, imagine if he was like if media was where it was today. Yeah, and he could geek out on Lost. I mean, imagine that what that show could be. You know? Yeah, seriously. Um, well, I mean, he does. He did do talking bad at the end of breaking bad right so yeah. but that was at the end before that was not like well, yeah. did, when breaking bad had, had he didn't school. have the juice until yeah. then you know he yeah. came around too late but imagine if he was doing his thing you know his his nerdist media when lost was premiering well was I mean, it would, would have been very popular because yeah. lost was very very yeah. popular 
Um, and deservedly so. Like we say, yeah. it's a great TV show that ended poorly, I think. But really great TV for, for a very for a long period of time. Well, you got to figure they were kind of painted in the corner. Like, how do we fucking end this mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. But I love the idea that this is Fantasy Island. This is, you know, what if someplace like Fantasy mm-hmm. Island. It's kind of, it, it's sort of like the superhero concept. What if superheroes existed in the real world? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's an intriguing concept to do um that you know marvel obviously doesn't play that game they play a comic book world uh i think dc is trying to do that a little bit by having both batman and superman be morose uh do you want to finish this no i think i'm fine okay. um so yeah both batman and superman are morose assholes who don't want to save anybody which kind of belies the whole concept of them being superheroes in the first place so i don't mm-hmm. i don't buy it anyway but um i i i kind of get the idea but i don't think it's been you know i don't think that idea has been done successfully what if superheroes existed in the real world but what it, the it reminds me of, of the ucb philosophy uh, when you're doing improv in the UCB, the philosophy is take something strange. If this is true, what else is true? And expand upon right. that. And so if Fantasy Island exists, what else would exist? And of course, yeah, I mean, the stuff that happened in Lost is silly. But if there's a magical island that can grant wishes, it's not particularly silly in right. terms of a lot of stuff right. that happens. So I watched... The Force Awakens for the third time this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, there's certain parts that make me cry like a baby. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. The, the whole the, the whole Chewie were home and, like, that whole scene. Like, for some reason, like, it's like, it just, it twangs my heartstrings. Wow. Okay. It, well, so you're not, I do not feel that same kind of connection to Star Wars that you do. Okay. For yeah, for the like those things, and I probably feel a closer connection to Star Trek than I do Star Wars. There's um, like when Ray is proven to be a badass and and a female character for some reason that that really strikes me. And um, the whole the whole scene in the Falcon, like even when like um, Finn pulls up the training ball, the training laser ball, right? Mm. You know, like I was explaining to like. So we watched it at home, right? And it was the first time I was able to, like, talk to Max and explain some of the stuff he wasn't quite connecting, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's when, in episode four, when yeah. Luke was training, that's the same ball. He's like, he's, he heard me, right? Yeah. But he never, definitely didn't connect that on his own, you know? And, yeah, I, I, I don't know why I get... S- well, don't you remember in episode two, all the kids have little balls with the legs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Why why did Han Solo have one? <laughs> because the first yeah. three Star Wars prequels were shit. Pieces of shit. Uh, even if you buy into, like, ring theory. <laughs> which, you know, I admit there is some, like, intellectual, like, oh, okay, you can sort of twist the stuff. I mean, because there's definitely a theme going on of repeating stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Uh, but... That doesn't make George Lucas a genius if he can't make fucking good movies. And the first three Star Wars 
are categorically not good movies. So I, I watched a, a YouTube video where it's kind of like guy talks through like all the tie-ins and mm-hmm. the homages and not just the Star Wars but the other movies. Mm-hmm. So like Finn FN two three seven is from a movie that inspired Lucas or something. Was it Lucas or maybe it was Abrams? Abrams. But 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 way back like yeah. and and like this crazy art film. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Crazy hard film, uh, but uh, what was I? I wanted to get to the point where shit, shit. He was talking about. I can't believe I just lost that on the whole backstory thing. I lost where I wanted to go. Well, I was talking about how ring theory and all that ring stuff, and how that they all are are. Oh, okay. So when Ray is sitting outside the walker and she mm-hmm. puts on the rebel helmet. On the side of the helmet in Star Wars speak, it was the helmet of someone named Ray. Okay. So, so no, but the thing is, she probably named herself. Possibly. You know, because she was five years old, yeah. six years old when she was abandoned on Jakku. She probably named herself. She had that little rebel fighter doll inside the uh-huh. walker. She wears the helmet. So, to me, it makes me think that she is actually Solo and Leia's daughter. Yeah, I buy that more when I watch it again. I I, I buy it more. I mean, I kind of got it with, like, the way he offered her a job and Mm -hmm. stuff. But, like, it's like, how did he not know? But thinking that she named herself after a hero rebel pilot, X-Wing pilot, you know, kind of, like... Oh, it's not just any girl from Jakku. Yeah. This is my girl from Jakku. Right. You know? And uh, so I really do think they're brother and sister are not cousins or something. Yeah, like I, that. I think when I watched it again, I, I came to that same conclusion. I was like, the the brother-sister thing makes sense. And, and that, that she is uh, Han and Leia's daughter makes sense. Because, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't necessarily jump at her and say oh you're my daughter ah they would be very it's a big, careful it's a big universe yeah. well it's a big universe it's a big universe and they would also even even still they'd be like very careful with that like not you know i mean put yourself in han solo's yeah. point of view right you find the falcon there's two stowaways on it or you know and okay whatever and then she's like solving problems and like they're completing each other's sentences you know from that point of view it's like how long would it take you to realize that the one child you left on Jakku is actually the person who ended up on your ship, you know? Or who or who you thought was lost. Maybe you thought there was another maybe oh, there was yeah. another child that you thought was lost. Yeah. Uh and you slowly come to the realization that this is this could, you know, maybe maybe possibly this was her. And maybe it was Kylo's direction that she didn't get killed that she just got abandoned maybe um people are talking about forced mind wipes and stuff traumatic experience that blocks out memories uh, mm-hmm. i would be perfectly fine with if she just blocked it out yeah right? and she and certain memories are coming back and but another thing i noticed is i, I didn't notice before but uh she scarred kylo so he's gonna have a like a lightsaber scar on his like right down his forehead yeah. like across his cheek yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's gonna come up uh, I I still totally believe that Kylo will will go to light side, and 
I see Ray falling. I, I, I see that. I don't know whether they're going to go with it. I think it's a more complex story than necessarily Star Wars needs. Right. But I think it's an interesting story to tell. It's an interesting story to tell, but it's the first strong female character. And if they're going to turn her evil, I mean, that would be rough. That'd be hard to do. But they should at least have have a conflict, right? I mean, yeah. at, at yeah. least they should bring up that it's a little too easy for her. And that gives her a chance to fall. Yeah. If it if it does if she doesn't fall all the way, that's fine. But that that she feels some She was ready to strike him down. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's, exactly. That's yeah. bad juju in Star Wars world, right? She was right. ready to cut his head off. So if, if that's and... more explicit that she's like um she feels a drawing to the dark side, but but she resists, that's fine. As long as long as that story is brought up. As long as she's not just good, good, good through all three. As long as there is some temptation mm-hmm. that she manages to avoid. Right. And you can really see the conflict. I love that driver's performance, especially the second time around. I really, mm-hmm. you, you saw it where he was like very conflicted. He wanted to be good so badly, but he had this, he had this like, this over him, this, this like character that was trying to define him that he knew was, was wrong, but that was pushing him to do dark things. Yeah, no, I think Adam, aside from Harrison Ford, I think Adam Driver had the, best performance yeah. I don't know if Harrison Ford had a great performance <laughs> no? no I don't think so he was okay he was he, he was actually probably quite good but he was I don't think it was the best performance in, in huh. maybe it's because he didn't blow it off that I thought it was so it, good it's true he didn't blow it off he, he, he acted he acted he acted which was nice so maybe Adam Driver did have the best performance I mean John Boyega there was a little slapstick in there, you yeah, know. I don't he was think his okay. I don't think his performance was super yeah. strong. Um, Poe's performance, again, he was wait didn't have enough screen uh-huh. time. Po- well, I mean, so, so yeah, Ray had the best performance, right? Uh, yeah, Daisy Ridley had the best performance, and then Adam Driver. They, they, they were the two stars of the movie, and John Boyega. I mean, Daisy had the screen time. Mm-hmm. She had a powerful performance. I think you know, minute for minute, I, I think that. Adam Driver, after he took off his helmet, yeah, was the strongest performance. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah, you could. He sold the conflict going on in him very strongly. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I buy that. Yeah, it, it was great to be able to watch it again and watch it just in that you know be able to just sort of watch it at yet your own pace without mm-hmm. having other people around. And, yeah, and you can go back and check out mm-hmm. things a couple times. Like how we're skirting around how we actually did this on March twenty or March twenty eighth, right? <laughs> Slightly before it got released. Uh, <laughs> we we got preview copy just like we get beers. Um, uh, not, not really. Not really. Uh, no, it was it was it was great. It was great to be able to see that, and um, it was cool. I I I, I enjoyed seeing it, and, and again. So happy it was a fun movie. So happy yeah. that this was a movie that was so I made I enjoyable had, to watch and moved. I made Allie watch it. Uh-huh. She didn't want to watch Star Wars because she didn't think she liked Star Wars. And now she's asking, "When can we watch the other ones?" So <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna waste the prequels on her. Yeah, not at all. But we'll watch the first or you know four, five, six. Oh yeah, I mean she'll she'll like four, five, and six. I don't see how you can't. Yeah. Um, especially when you're a kid, yeah. Uh, and you could you probably like one, two, and three when you're a kid too. But they're ponderous movies that just are like, oh, oh god, slog. That's what I was talking to someone about, and I use I stole your term slog. I'm like, mm-hmm. 
episode seven was a fun ride. Mm-hmm. You can't say that about the first three no. or the prequels. Yeah. You, you slog is the only word that describes even the best moments. Of yeah. There are, there are isolated moments that, that are kind of cool, but that's not, that doesn't make a good movie. The, the high speed chase in the droid factory is horrible. And yeah. it's supposed to be well, like, Awesome. It's supposed to be the, the you know an action point where you know where the movie where the, where the thing starts to move. But the problem is that there's like so one one of the lessons of, of movie making that that I've learned by sort of you know watching and learning is is that uh, if you have exposition, bury it in an action scene so there is so it feels like it's moving. Don't just have scenes of exposition and then scenes of unrelated action. If you mix those two together, then you can feel like the movie is being propelled along and mm-hmm. you're doing the service of the plot. That is good movie making. Bad movie making is to just, okay, we need to stop here, explain what's happening, then have a little action scene because this is where we're supposed to have an action scene. And then we do more explaining what ha- what's happening and more explaining what's happening. And then we do some CGI scene and more explaining what's happening. And it's... <laughs> yeah that doesn't get that 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 doesn't compel you to be interested in what's happening it just compels you to be like come on i'm bored it just it just makes you bored i gotcha that's probably enough star wars for now but uh yeah it's nice now that you can watch it at home yeah. mm-hmm. um really i mean i i want it to get to the point where theaters are they're available but when a movie gets released you should be able to just watch it at home if you want to sure i would not want to see star wars for the first time at home though right i mean i will i saw the star wars for the first time 3d imax mm-hmm. and it was awesome part of it was because i was bonding with my son but it, it was still pretty awesome and i didn't in you know i saw it at home for the third time and I told you before we started recording, it, it seemed like it didn't have the same kick that the, yeah. even the second time in 2D regular crappy theater had. I'm, I, I don't feel the same way. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I think there are certain, but, but, but I do feel like, like a great comedy is great to see in a theater with a bunch of people mm-hmm. as opposed to seeing at home. So, I mean, I, I sure. so I understand that, that thing. It's just like, I, I felt like I, I was fully satisfied by Star Wars seeing it at home, but um, but I can see where your where your point of view comes in line. I noticed the the lulls a lot more at home, where I don't remember seeing like I don't remember ever being bored in two times in the theater. So where were you bored? Where was I bored? The end of a beer show is not the best time to ask that question. Um, well, you, you said you noticed lulls. And I was it. bored. Beginning of Maz's temple, Maz's cantina. Okay, interesting. Um, where else was I bored? I was bored before that at one point. I'm trying to think of possible boring spots. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, so 
So there's the beginning, which could be seen as boring, but is slow just to build to 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 build right. your characters, and so I don't buy that necessarily as boring. Um, you know, I can't remember the all the stuff on the store destroyed. It's actually removed very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the other point I was. Yeah, I don't know. It's not that I didn't. So the 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 amount of boredom was not like this is episode yeah. one bad. It was Empire might be better than this bad, you know. <laughs> so you know, because up until now I was like this might be the best Star Wars ever. Mm-hmm. So you know, part of me is thinking like how much of this is the good reviews of episode one from the critics type thing, you know, yeah, and me, yeah, me yeah, coming yeah. down to reality, and how much of it is watching it at home or seeing it for the third time or what. I still thought it was a really good movie, but um, I might be, you know, I'm probably ready to say that I'd probably enjoy Empire better. I mean, a great movie, a really great movie is a movie where you don't feel like skipping any part. Where mm-hmm. you, you, you're you watching, you know, one of those movies where you catch and you just start watching it through because you don't feel like, you don't feel like, oh, I want to skip through the, this part. This part's mm-hmm. boring. I want to skip through it. Um very few movies can lay claim that very few TV shows can lay claim that even for a single episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Empire, there's there's nothing boring in Empire. It, that thing moves like crazy. I can't think of like even I've probably seen it two dozen times, yeah. right? And I can't think of any part. Even when they're doing the service, maybe of, like two minutes on Cloud City would be could be cut, right? But maybe, but maybe. even when they're doing the service of of the plot, they're keeping it moving and and mm-hmm. and they're 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 having interesting things going on. Um, the the Maz's Cantina scene is like, I, I, it was you know it's a reference to the old Cantina. It, it's trying to to did you also oh, reference the old Cantina? Part of the thing that was in that video I was watching where they're tying it in. Um, Right when they walk in the door, there's this scene that follows a practical wolfman. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? I didn't catch that. Okay, no. so there's a scene that follows a practical wolfman. It's J.J. Abrams kind of flipping the bird to Lucas because in the original cinematic release of Star Wars, there was a shot of a wolfman with red eyes. And it, all the releases since, they've taken them out and replaced them with like three different aliens. <laughs> and you know, I wouldn't say necessarily... Giving its finger to Lucas, but but it's more embracing the fans. That that may yeah, be yeah. giving its finger to Lucas by de- by definition, right? But it's it's not. Um, I mean, the wolf. I mean, I, I kind of understand Lucas's point of view, right? This is not. This is more Halloween, scary, yeah, practical, yeah. furry, fursuit Wolfman. That he didn't feel that that was Tatooine spaceport, right? right. But I get it. He, I, I get it, but I also but. Let the movie be, and and yeah. let and let people's you know imaginations fill that part in. It, Star Wars was good enough; it did not need a session. I'm lucky enough to have a laserdisc copy yeah. of Episode Four, Five, and Six, and so I don't have to put up with all the nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying not to be an a hole here, but I can't think of a single special effect they added in the re-releases that improves any of those movies. The only thing I can think of is, is very basic stuff, like the, the stuff that that removed the sort of the green mat around the the, the fighters as they were flying in. Very, mm-hmm. you know, really 
Just uh, just after, yeah, touch-up stuff. Yeah, touch-ups. Exactly, touch-up stuff. Other than that, uh, there really, yeah, there's very little that needed to be adjusted. There's a, the, the, the movies didn't need to be adjusted at all. There's very little that you could adjust without changing a little bit about the movie, which is not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm 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 not into the whole special editions thing. I find them kind of offensive. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. So you know, I don't care so much about the Wolfman per se because I agree with you know the one point of view. Like, not a great alien character. I do love that Abrams had a scene where mm-hmm. you don't see his face, but as soon as you walk in the door. There's the Wolfman. He kind of walks off to the right and he starts to talk to someone. And the camera follows him for, you know, two and a half seconds, right? And it's this, hey, here's your fucking Wolfman. Yeah. yeah I, I love Abrams. Uh, I mean, it does seem like Abrams watched the Plinket videos. Right? He, he took all of that to heart. Keep the thing moving. Use practical effects when you, whenever you can. Uh, you know, keep it simple. Keep it fucking simple. This is this <laughs> from, from the very first Plinket review. Uh, <laughs> there was, you haven't seen. You only saw the third one, but the very first Plinket mm-hmm. review did. Uh, there was a quote from. He was talking about the opening of, of Phantom Menace, and he said, "There's a quote from William Shakespeare <laughs> that says, Brevity is the soul of wit. This just means don't waste my time.'" <laughs> <laughs> Keep it simple, and it, and it's so true. Like, just don't waste my time. Look, this is not. I'm not watching a Terrence Malick movie, right? Mm-hmm. This is a fun adventure movie in 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 space. Don't fucking waste my time with politics. Just get on with the fun adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm here for. Right. So, I had I, I saw somewhere a review or a, I don't think I was talking with someone, but they were they were really bitching about the scene where Finn walks up to the TIE fighter and it blows, sinks and blows up, right? And they couldn't figure out, like, the reason for that. It makes sense to me. They, they talked about the sinkholes. Well, they established they missed the about the sinking fields to the north, yeah. right? But, you know, so the reason I bring this up is, and I wish I could remember who was bitching about this, but, I mean, if that point was not linked together... You know, then I could definitely see how, like, you're not following, like, yeah. are you even fucking paying attention? Of course you're not going to like the movie as much if you didn't even make that basic connection. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, so as that bit was, it was a throwaway line mm-hmm. uh, that was there to just, you know, if, if, that's the Chekhov's gun rule, right? If, Chekhov's gun is the, is the rule that if there's a gun in Act 3... There's a gun on the wall in Act One. It needs to be fired in Act Three, and that it does has to do with guns. It just means don't introduce story elements if you're not going to use them. Yeah. And, well, I mean, so and if you use a story element, introduce it. That's all it means. You know, it, it's it, it you know it works in reverse. So I mean, the main so when we watched it the other day, I paused the movie and explained to Ali and Max. Like, remember when Ray said about the sinking fields? Well. The TIE Fighter is probably in the sinking field. So like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, sure, a five-year-old and an eight-year-old need that explained. Adults should not need to have that explained. You wouldn't think so, but lots of people don't. I mean, lots of people don't understand drama. And I don't, I don't mean that in, in a way, in an insulting way. It's just lots of people just aren't taught. 
mm-hmm. how to look at these things. And I wasn't for a long time. And I don't necessarily feel that I can appreciate things more. Maybe I don't. I don't necessarily feel that I um, that I'm smarter than anybody because I because I've learned to appreciate this stuff. I just know now when I don't like something, I know how to describe it. And when I do like something, I know how to describe it. I, I know. Well, knowing what story to say. structure is important. Yeah. I mean, knowing how to tell a story helps you appreciate a story. Well, that too, but also like, it, it might not be whether. Oh, some, I had fun. I, I enjoyed listening to that story, but it helps you better say that's that is a world class story. Yeah, but it's, it's like if you don't know story structure, then you may watch a story and not understand you didn't like it but you don't understand why mm-hmm. uh, and it's simply because you don't understand how story structure works and that's not it and and that doesn't mean you're an idiot or anything it just means you just haven't been taught story structure but story structure is is a basic thing to get stories to work and so when you know story structure then you can you can say this didn't work because the story was terribly structured so you can you can point out specific reasons why this didn't work and how you can make it better, how someone can make it better, why it did um, yeah. The video I watched about the tie-ins, they had a whole big segment about um, Episode 7 and King Arthur and Knights Round Table. Okay. And there's a whole bunch of tie-ins. I mean, obviously the sword in the stone and the lightsaber in mm-hmm. the snow and Kylo couldn't pull it and Ray did. But then there's also King Arthur, Arthur had... I'll make sure I get this all right. But there was kind of the evil villain character, like like witch like mm-hmm. character, and that could be equated to um Snoke. Was it it was I guess Kyla so it was kind of split across two characters, fit Ray and Kyla, right? But yeah, it was Snoke. Mm-hmm. And, and and different things. And even Kylo's lightsaber with the cross cards, mm-hmm. you know, very common in King Arthur type you know, broadswords and stuff like that. And they just made a whole bunch of connections. And you could definitely see when the writers were putting stuff together, they heavily borrowed from the King Arthur storyline for the second half of the movie. Well, why shouldn't and, they? Well, they're, they're, no, no, I'm not saying they story. shouldn't. Yeah. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but it, it's really interesting. It's like when we're watching... It's like when we were watching I mean, I Lost. A, I mean, a whole big thing about... This old right, '70s TV show, right. and how you could make Lost about that right. without without making. Well, it's it like a, when we were watching a, a Lost and trying to find all the references, yeah. you know. But this is like tying story structure references together and saying Star Wars Episode Seven is not King Arthur and the Knights Round Table, but here's a popular story. Mm-hmm. Here's the elements tied in, and here's how they mutated it. You know, so it's really oh. yeah, and that's great. That that's I I love that. I mean. Stories are. <laughs> this was. I'm going to quote Doctor Who here. All stories actually happened, just the names and and situations were been changed. Okay. Uh, so it, it, you know that these are all things that we've all gone through and have all experienced. Mm-hmm. So you tie that into uh, this fantasy world. You tie in in the actual emotions that we feel and the actual emotions we have, and and the way we we see events progress, and the way we sort of understand how events you know circle back and stuff like that. You tie that into your fantasy world, and you're beating a drum, mm-hmm. and that drum feels like you're hitting all the notes right if you're hitting those story structure notes. Right. Yes. 
the last thing is is a, is a thing that I um some somehow we got to talking about birds on this chat I was in and um how awesome birds are. Birds are smart tiny dinosaurs that can fly. Why wouldn't you think they're birds? awesome? <laughs> birds are awesome. Why wouldn't you think they're awesome? Smart tiny dinosaurs. Next time you see birds, they're smart tiny dinosaurs that can fly. Birds are awesome. We're looking at crows and cr- the stuff that crows are doing. Crows had learned to crows have learned to use displacement to get stuff. Oh yeah. There, there there's a video of, of of a bird, you know, there's a like a tube of water and, mm-hmm. and a thing in there and they right. pick up rocks and drop, drop a couple rocks in there to get stuff out. I never saw that one. The thing that about crows that amazed me is they will learn to hate a specific human. <laughs> they'll recognize like if you're an asshole to a crow uh-huh. if you're an asshole to the crow the crow will remember that you are the asshole they recognize you but not only that they will tell other crows that you're an asshole wow. and other crows will hate you crows are smart man crows are smart creatures that's amazing that yeah. crows can tell yeah. greg weiss was an asshole to me don't you like Greg? You know, I mean you... the thing is that we think we're the smartest thing for right now we probably are the smartest most intelligent thing but We've only been around two hundred thousand years or so, and we may only been around. We only meet around another couple hundred years, couple hundred thousand years. Crows don't need clean water. Crows don't need electricity. Crows don't well, need the internet. When when a when a crow gets to be as intelligent as a human, whatever that species, it might need fresh water right. and internet and stuff like that to be like we are. Probably will. I, I think that we need all these things. If you take a human from you know today, even like even a survivalist like uh, like Les Stroud, uh, and throw him you know in, into a, another Earth without humans, he can't build nuclear reactors or anything. He's no. he's stuck being Les Stroud. I just listened to uh, Freakonomics podcast. Um, it was kind of a follow up. They did a thing about pencils, and like there was that essay from. I guess in the 40s or 30s about eye pencil about like everything it took to make a pencil like how like one person can't uh-huh. make a pencil and they're talking about that then they talked about the guy who tried to make a toaster from scratch and, right. and all the shortcuts he had to make but then you know brief thing was like okay so what does from scratch mean right strip you naked throw you in the woods can you make a toaster or a pencil well no you're gonna be preoccupied with not dying mm-hmm so it, it it impressed upon me. I bet in thirty years you could make a pencil or a toaster. I don't know if you have like no tools or nothing, and you're in the woods. Well, I'm saying thirty years is a lot of time. Third, no, no, thirty. If you're surviving every day, trying to get enough food not to die. Well, the hope was that after ten or fifteen years, you'd have a decent. Supply. The hope is, but the thing is, like we're able to accomplish so much, and actually, when you play a game like Civilization, mm-hmm. you kind of. If you stop and think about what you're doing, you kind of can't appreciate this a yeah. little bit, right? Because you go from hunter and gathering to building stuff. Well, yeah, but it, it, it takes it, so long. It's true that I mean, we have a lot of free time. We call it work because we're doing work, but it's essentially free time because we're not, not survival. We're time. not surviving. We're we're just you know the 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 ground is laid for us to survive period right and but the whole the bootstrap that whole civilization yeah. right mm-hmm. you think about the processes that need to go into place yep. to bootstrap a civilization and it's impressive it is impressive so like a guy 
I don't think if you took a if you took Les Stroud and threw him into the woods naked and you asked him to build the classic pencil with the yellow paint and the metal oh, ring. There's no way. And the metal ring and the well that's what we're talking about. And yeah. the eraser, right? Yeah. Like exactly like the classic pencil. He's not gonna be able to do it in thirty no. years. No. Because yeah, it's it's crazy. Something as simple as a pencil. We throw these away like all the time because mm-hmm. it's a fucking piece of wood, you know. And take the the best survivalist you know, put him in a place. Well, just making paper would be hard. Uh huh. Making paper like this is good. Is making be paper impossible. like that? Well, yeah, making paper like that would be impossible. It would take you a lifetime to get something close to bleach. Um, yeah, to get the chemicals needed and all the stuff to... to yeah. yeah, And ink to put the lines on. Mm-hmm. I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, so it depends on what you define by pencil, right? Yeah. You uh, could probably come up with a way to make a writing implement that was relatively circular that had a, a lead inside. Yeah. You could probably do yeah. something like that. But the that. eye pencil... Um, Essay. Yeah, you could make an eye pencil. The eye pencil essay. <laughs> well, no, the, the pencil eye pencil from the 30s mm-hmm. or whatever it was was about replicating the classic mm-hmm. whatever it is pencil with the metal ring that holds the eraser, the the enamel, and everything. So, and an iPhone. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, it just really imp- impressed upon me, like the organic growth of of civilization and that getting that bootstrapped and once you even get started a little bit it it starts exponential growth and you get exponential amounts of non-survival time Mm -hmm. and with enough people you get what we get today and we talked about this before but like if we had to start over if we got bombed into the stone age like how hard that would be part of the reason is all the easy to access resources have been accessed We'd probably get really good at recycling mm-hmm. landfills. We'd be able to, to do it, I think. But, I mean, one of the yeah. most rich resources would be mining landfills. Sure. Yeah. So. Cool. I guess that's it for, for yeah, this week. I think that's good. All right. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>